Um, that's super wild. I had I'd never heard that before. My name was in some clouds or something. That was, that was really cool. It's a, such an honor to be here. And, and I just sense such a spirit of excellence on what you guys do. And, and such an honor to meet you as well in person. And hopefully I'll get to know you all better. And how many of you know as well uh, in this hour, um, the Lord's really raising up women in ministry? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a very obvious thing. It's it's very credible, and you can see back by the wind of God. And so, it's really an honor for us to help, however way we can, bless and compliment you guys. I was just in Indiana um, last weekend, and it as well was a ministry fresh starting up, and and all run by women. You know, it's just amazing. And a lot of you guys, I think, are gonna you know, blaze the trail and far surpassed us men. You were, we're going to be carrying your shirt tail and like, hang on, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I just think it's awesome. How do you know us men, we can't be insecure about these things. It's just the kingdom. If God wants to do what he wants to do, um, may he be glorified in it, you know? And, um, and I know what scripture says about leadership and such, but also you see Deborah and the Esthers and you see it all throughout scripture, these women that God would raise up for such a time as this to impact the globe in such a powerful way. You see Paul write to Priscilla and Aquila, and he alludes to Priscilla first in the household of a married couple. The woman, there's a, there's a greater spiritual authority that rests sometimes. Just It's an assignment thing, and, and it's really awesome. So how many of you know the, the purest form of ministry is obeying Jesus? It's not a certain platform or two steps to this. It's loving him really, really well in obeying his voice accurately out of that place. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so the purest form of ministry, I think sometimes we, we just, it's just, we mean right with good intentions, but it's what we see. And so we think, oh, this is the model. This is what ministry should look like. And so we structure our life after it. And it's like, sometimes you feel like a square peg in a circle hole. It just doesn't fit. Have you ever done that before? And you start kind of stepping out what you think your life's supposed to look in destiny. And it doesn't fit or work. I've done that plenty, you know. And how many of you know you can't pick or choose what you're called to do? Your assignment, the Lord knew it before you were in your mother's womb. And, um, and so it's better that we love him really, really well. And by default, deep lovers, I know, I'm telling you, I've seen this. And I aspire to be that more and more each day. But deep lovers, they by default just fall into what they're called to do. You can't not produce destiny if you love him well. You know what I mean? You, you can't not. It's just, it's like a knee-jerk reaction. You become the thing that you spend time with. And so, uh, so I just think it's awesome, and it's an honor to just see you guys take over the globe, and, and we'll see where it goes. But anyway, I see a lot of familiar faces, all the sunburn, glory junkies up in here, and, <laughs> and Kathy, you know, from Baton Rouge, and everybody just love you. I don't, it'll take me a while to name names, but uh, how many of you are not from Pittsburgh? Raise your hand. Wow, about half of the people. Come on, where are we from? New York. New York. That's my buddy back there, man. Powerful call up on his life. I just saw you. We were just together in Baltimore, remember? We were right there. Um, man, I'll tell you real quick, and we'll keep seeing where everybody's from. But uh, before I forget, I was in Baltimore, and the guy that heads up this ministry, ironic enough, won the America's Best Chef TV show. Yeah, and he's a preacher, full-out Holy Ghost. Uh, heaven just snuck him up into Hollywood. And uh, how many of you know God's got tricky ways to get his purposes done? So this guy's with this Bobby Flay, I think is his name, some top cook. I don't watch the shows. I should cook more, but I'm, <laughs> my life's so busy. It's like Chick-fil-A, you know. 
I can do eggs in the morning, but we just make it work, you know. Protein bars, I'm living out of my luggage half the time. But anyway, so this guy, it's his, his story is super funny. He's like, he got invited in and never any official training as a chef. And he gets there and he keeps climbing up the tiers for the show and just keeps surpassing people that he should not have beaten. And he knew, he was like, okay, Lord, this has got to be you. Um, and before you know it, he's like a right-hand man to Bobby Flay on the show and he wins the whole show. And uh, we were just in Baltimore over there, but just full of the Holy Ghost. He does stuff with Heidi Baker. Like, he's just wild, just loves the Lord, but cooks some mean crab cakes. <laughs> I mean, they were incredible, but, um, but that was awesome. But I was just up here, I don't know, it was not too long ago, March, and we love Pittsburgh. We're here all the time, and um, we were talking about hosting the Glory Nights up here. It would be powerful downtown, but, but Lynn was filling us in, too, on just such a great city it is, loving people and and uh, such excellence, but just real down to earth. You guys are everywhere. Steelers fans are literally everywhere, like in other countries, yeah. So I'm not even going to mention nobody down from where I'm from or nothing like that. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll just jump in and, um, and see what will happen, and then I'll pray, and we'll just let God come. Is that okay? I just, I'm, I'm personally expecting, too, that he just touches. You know I mean? Why get together if he's not going to show up? Like, what are we doing? You know, we could do teachings and fill our heads with more knowledge, and we may. I mean, that's, that's scriptural. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. But the more and more I'm in this thing, I just love him. And if he'll come touch us, man, everything shifts instantly, rapidly, and very thorough. And he's good about that. He's really good at doing that. And, and man, I pray he does it with all of us this day. And uh, so, yeah, I just want you to be in a posture of, receptivity and just receive from the Lord and how better not into this furniture man <laughs> the setup this is cool so let's pray thank you Lord we just love you thank you so much that you're such a loving God so real and true you're not a story you're alive died and rose again on the third day sent the Holy Spirit and fire that we might be witnesses in the earth and we say, come Holy Spirit, even now. Stamp this place this day for your glory. Be glorified in and through this place. Even pray for uh, atmospheric wonders in this region to be a sign of what you're doing. There'd be notable shifts in the region that you'd be glorified in and through our lives. We say, come Holy Spirit, have your way, do whatever you want to do, whenever and however you want to do it. And uh, God, show us your glory, that we may know your ways. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> so, um, so we can kind of just go for it, huh, Sam? We can just, okay. I always want to be honorable of, <laughs> you know, authority and things, but um, I tell you, the I've just really been sensing um, lately, and we'll just see where we end up, but that God in a fresh way is wanting to uh, display his, his presence and spirit and power amongst his people, but through them. You guys know what I'm saying? Uh, I was just up in uh, Indiana um, last weekend, and uh, I'll just tell you, I had a dream of these uh, beaver and, and you guys, do you ever have prophetic dreams in here? You guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. It's they're biblical, um, all the way from the old Testament through the new God. One of the main ways God speaks. A lot of people don't know this is through dreams. 
And part of the reason of that is, is because humanity, uh, so, so obviously the body is made up of three parts, your mind, uh, soul, basically your, your uh, spirit, soul, and body. Sorry, the mind is the soul. But if we're honest, as humans, we get busy in life and we operate a lot in the soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. Well, often one of the practical ways God likes to speak in dreams is because our soul is shut off, so to speak, and we can hear clearer. Sometimes in the day, we're so busy of just emails and text messages and busy to-do lists and this and that. Our soul is so full that our spirit has no capacity to receive. So he'll let you go to sleep where the switch is turned off on your soul and get right to your spirit. Does that make sense? This is just a practical breakdown of it. And so you see that all throughout Scripture from the very early starts of the New Testament all the way through, from the Old Testament all the way through. And um, Joseph dreams. Uh, Jesus' father, Joseph, again, angels would come to him in dreams all the time to guide him with baby Jesus. Um, Paul goes into a night vision. You, you see it all throughout Scripture. Joel chapter 2 even prophesied from the Old Testament that in the last days, the Holy Spirit will come on all flesh. How many is flesh in here? Bunch of robots. <laughs> I'd love to check that out. And, uh, and so if the Spirit comes upon you, it's like, oh, cool, what will this play out to be? Well, Joel 2 is clear. It says you'll dream dreams, uh, dreams, sorry, see visions, and prophesy. How many of you have dreams from God? Okay, how many of you want more dreams from God? Okay, me too. Cool. We'll pray for that. And uh, visions, yeah, normally this is less. Um, and see, that's, again, a soul issue. Uh, I may not teach a whole lot on it, but either way, we just, the ultimate purpose of life is loving God and obeying him well. Really, that's the whole purpose of being here. First commandment, love the Lord God, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then love your neighbor. And so if we do this well, you basically will only love your neighbor and walk out the second command to the quality at which you love God first. And that's why we've always got to keep it full and in such a, hey, Pastor Brown, so good to see you. When she announced you, honor you big time. I got to meet him in, uh, at Sunburn. He came up in there and Gave me a hug and encouraged me. Such life on you. I so appreciate that. And, um, but if we love God well, this becomes effortless, the fruit this way. And so when you backtrack to dreams and visions and things like this, it's a means of communication all to intimately know him well. You follow me? And so we just want that channel ever increasingly full and accurate because we love him so well to then be used. Um, so that being said, I had a dream that typically comes symbolic and you know, whatnot, but where I saw these beavers in the land and they were coming against horses, they were resisting them and came out of the dream. And I heard crystal clear, uh, second Timothy three, five, where it says it's the very end of it, where it says in the last days, there'll be a people. And it goes down a whole list of all these signs of a people that will carry certain aspects that aren't from God. But the very last one was this dream. And it said there'll be a people that have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. And beavers, so horses in dreams typically speak of power in the spirit's power. Beavers, what do they do by default? They form dams. They stop up the flow of the rivers in the spirit of God. And so these beavers were spirits of religion that were coming against the power of the spirit to flow. And I heard that verse crystal clear that um, there's a form of godliness that's trying to keep building in the earth right now, but lack and void of the power. 
And I just want to encourage you guys, let us never fall into that company. Because if we're not careful, sometimes you can just, you guys know, I mean, I've been there plenty of times. By default, you just get in the routine. You start to learn something well. It's also scriptural. It's a form of godliness. It's not wickedness. Some of the earlier attributes in that passage are clearly wicked, you know, uh, characteristics. But this last one's actually a form of godliness. It does right. It's moral. It lives by principles in the word. And it, it does ministry, you know, and this, that, and the other. But it denies the spirit's power. And may we never come off of that. I mean, I don't care who you offend. That's what I appreciate. I can already tell about Sam. She's wide open. She's talking about writing in the clouds and just letting God, you know. And so, um, you know, obviously should still be rooted in scripture, but I really feel like God in this day and in this hour is like, no, 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 don't quench or hold back the Holy Spirit right now. Don't try and please man. I don't know who this is for. Leaders don't ever, you know, I was on the phone with a, a good buddy of mine. Uh, Michael Quilianos, he, he's a founder of Jesus Image in Orlando. And um, not too long ago, and he was on the phone with a pastor, and the pastor was telling him about how, you know, because of when you're in a pastoral state, you're raising up a people, and there's teaching weekly, and this, that, and the other. And we get that. There's discipleship, and that's all biblical. We go for all of it. But he was starting to feel the need to pull back on the realm of the spirit and the presence and, and this, that, and the other for practical teaching. And Michael's like, you can't teach outside of the spirit. How many of you know if anything you do is not bathed in the anointing and presence of God, it's not going to land or really shift anything. So even teaching should be done from the river of the spirit of God. Ministry, glory, whatever it is. And so it's funny, me and him, we're kind of fueling each other up. Have you ever done that with a close friend? And you can feel it. Like you're going back and forth. Me and Brett do it a lot. And, uh, and I'm like, bro, if we, if so be it, if we ever come off of the Holy Spirit, bro, we need to shut it down. He's like, he's like, bro, I know, I'm telling you that. I'm like, I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> we were like preaching to the choir, you know. And, uh, but I mean, l- listen to you. I want to, want to point something out. And, uh, and in a minute, I just want to, man, let's let the Holy Spirit flow. You know, I don't care the setting, I don't care your background. Like, why not? Just let come Holy Spirit heal bodies. You know, I was even wondering, man, if we can pray for you. We saw a guy. If you need healing in your body. Come Holy Spirit. Why not? Why not? What do you have to lose? You know, we've seen deaf ears pop open, blind eyes, legs shorter than the other come out. Um, There was a man on our very first cruise, 18 years bound to a wheelchair with MS. God healed him. Bam. He he emails the ministry on a cruise ship. People, cocktails in their hand, waiting, drunk as can be, waiting to get in for karaoke. God does not care. I'm telling you, this is not the hour to pull back. It's like, come Holy Spirit. Let's go for it. You're going to offend people. They're going to think you're kooky. Who cares? We'll, we'll get on the other side one day. They'll be like, oh, man, you were right. I was wrong. And you'd be like, told you so. No, I'm teasing. You would never do that. <laughs> That's not God. But, um, but I'm telling you, he's like a river. Just want it. Do not let those beavers, man, love them, bless them, but kick them out <laughs> with, with a loving, you know. And uh, come Holy Spirit, free reign. Again, theological, got to be scriptural based. I'm not, I'm not condoning anything unbiblical, but come Holy Spirit, because he's, he's really moving in this hour in such a powerful way, in miracles, exploits, wonders. I mean, God's glory, I'm telling you, we're going to start seeing full-out glory manifest like Solomon's temple, filling houses, I feel. Visible glory that the news is going to pick up on, but like, oh my goodness, who are these people? I don't know, they just talk a lot about Jesus, and when they do, there's a twinkle in their eye. They love him, they really, really love him, and he's real to them. He's not a Bible story to them. And there's a people right now, I'm telling you, man. And, uh, and so may it be that we 
you know, would be a people in this hour that just make, you know, no bones about it, not trying to offend anybody. Love, 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 but love the Holy Spirit more. Come, God, come Holy Spirit. So, so watch this, Acts 1, 9. You don't really need to turn there. <clears throat> because if you look, uh, not to get into some deep biblical study, but in 2 uh, Timothy 3, 5, where he says there's a form of godliness, but they deny the power. The power there is the same word used in Acts, where Jesus says you will receive power from on high. It's dunamis, supernatural power. It's not just like earthly authority to get something done in a better way amongst governmental. No, it's supernatural power. And so there's a form of godliness if we're not careful. Uh, yeah, me and Brett were talking about it over breakfast. That there's if just with technology and the means we have nowadays, there's there's programs and ways you can set things up and build momentum that on the outward eye looks productive, but by heaven's standards it may not be so. And I'm telling you, let everything we do be bathed and saturated and have the spirit flowing through it. You guys tracking with me? Watch this, Acts 1, 9. Um, I'll back up to verse 6. This is, uh, so when they had come together, basically, um, Jesus Christ died, rose again, manifest for 40 days in the earth. Can you imagine that? Holes still in his side and hands. Jesus Christ walking. This wasn't like, oh, I saw an inner eye vision. No, Jesus was there. Thomas touched the wounds, stepping through walls. The Jesus Christ you and I serve. He's, it, it, Man, if we don't, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if we don't have the spirit backing us and flowing us in power, we're like any other great ideology or religion out there. You realize that? I was on a plane flight yesterday, precious man, oral surgeon. We talked the whole time. He talked the whole time. <laughs> I can listen really well when I need to, but he was, he was a precious man. I just felt love for him, but he, he, he could talk. But he grew up Presbyterian, told me a story, and he's now borderline uh, Buddhist, uh, precious man, but he, he just began to doubt and he told me a story. I could see where it was. We landed by the time I couldn't really, uh, steer him in, in much direction. But, but basically I'm sitting here thinking, man, we have the Lord Jesus Christ died, rose again, born of a virgin, sent the Holy spirit. Who's also God hundred percent backed us by glory and power. You see in Moses, the old Testament, he's like, God, if your glory does not go with us, I'm not going anywhere. I'm hitting the retire button on this one. And may we be that people that Jesus possessed me and I'm washing the dishes. Glory, come. Plucking weeds out of my flower bed. Glory. On the streets, praying for the sick, marketplace, whatever it is. We, let us be a people saturated in the presence and glory of God. First and foremost through intimacy, but power flowing through us and uh, to give him glory. This is how he set it up and intended it to be. Other than that, you, all, the, all the religions have some base theology, you know, study of their what would be deity, and then good morals, and this, that, and the other. But the only thing they all lack is, is the tangible void presence and power of a living God. You can go to the tomb of any of their gods. Ours you can't. So Jesus, 40 days, manifest, holes in his side and hands. Still to this day, he has them. And, uh, and listen to this. He's about to ascend after these 40 days and go forever to be in heaven and ascend at the right hand of God. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the father is fixed on his own authority, but he will, uh, oh, sorry, but you will receive power. Same exact word, 2 Timothy 3, 5. You will receive power. 
and, and real quick before I continue, you got to realize this is Jesus's last time to be with these boys. He's run with them deep for three straight years. And so sometimes you've got the sentimental, ushy-gushy, loving God, and sometimes he's like on a mission, and it's purpose. You guys know what I'm talking about? Bible's real clear. It says, behold the kindness and severity of God. Well, Jesus right here, I'm looking at it like if he had one last thing to say to them, you know, this is it. This is what he says before he ascends and gets taken into a cloud, before he returns. You follow me? This is how important this is. This is very, very important. He wasn't like, Peter, tell your mother-in-law, said hello, give her a hug, you know, look, I tell you, I'm about to go, guys. Remember that favorite meal we had? Remember, and just sparking up memories. No, he, he scratched all that right now. It's business for God's glory, and this is the last thing he said. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's it. Last re- He didn't even say, bye, love you. Side hug, none of this. Boom, all of a sudden, he ascends. Acts 1-9, Jesus levitates full out, floating in glory. It says, Paul writes it a different way. It says he got caught up in glory. It says a tangible cloud came, consumes him. And he's, he, gets, he gets taken up to that he was out of their sight. Two angels come, say, don't worry, boys. He'll, he'll, he'll return just as you saw him leave, right? And... What's wild is the two witnesses that I, I think it's possible people in the earth will see, you know, anyway, I'm not trying to get too end timesy, but they, they follow a similar suit in Revelation if you look. But where I'm getting at is Jesus' last words. This is how important this is. He's like, look, how I want you to be a witness for me is this right here. Not study more, although that we study to show ourselves approved, but the highlight last red letters he gives to them is you will receive power from on high. And how I want you to represent me, Jesus Christ, is in that, that way, power. Which we know also gives the ability to live the life, live pure, love Jesus well, forms the covenant between us and the Lord and sealed, but also that display in the earth of the Spirit's power, which we know is, is, it looks like so much. But um, it just came afresh again, and I'm seeing it in Scripture. Paul, he says, look, I didn't come to you with eloquent words of wisdom to wow your mind. I came in the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And I don't care what we got to do to get there. Yielded, fast, and pray. And I know you don't works for it, but you can yield and align yourself better in these postures. All the other men and women did it. You say, well, I don't, fasting's works. Well, then it worked for them. So I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest with you, seeking God diligently, then he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. James, draw near to God, then he'll draw near to you, and that we just be a people that Paul says to earnestly covet the gifts. I mean, so this is scripture as well. You know, I'm going to hammer intimacy, but also there's this, I believe, uh, lack in this form of godliness is trying to creep in, and it looks real vibrant and edgy, and it's got talent, and it's got the, the lights and the smoke and this, that, and the other, but the glory smoke of heaven is starting to diminish in areas. I'm not, now I'm not trying to start pointing fingers, and we're never that way. Like, who's better than none of that? But the, we would take it upon ourselves in our little circle. I never forget uh, one of our teachers in Bible school. He said, look, draw a circle around yourself. I think you got it from like Leonard Ravenhill. And make sure everything in that circle is completely possessed, re- revived by God. You be revival first. You follow me? Then when you step out of that sphere, that's when everything starts getting impacted. Draw, make sure it's you first. Sometimes we get so caught up in our wife or our husband or Lord, fix them. And it's like, what about you? <laughs> yeah. 
and, uh, or whatever, and, and we should be concerned and intercede, but make sure first and foremost that we seek God with all of our heart, uh, soul, and mind that he would, he would possess us, you know. And so this, this power of the spirit that we'd be, you know, a people yielded. And again, it's, you know, he didn't say, uh, although we know he ascended in Ephesians 4.11, gave gifts to men, apostles, fivefold ministry, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But you may not even fall in suit of the fivefold ministry, and that's okay. I'm convinced there's going to be like old grannies in heaven that are way higher rank because they fulfilled what they were called to do better than what were to be fivefold ministry. You guys tracking with me? I'm telling you, I, I, I joke, but I guarantee I'm going to get to heaven. There's going to be some old granny like next door in the greatest mansion. You know, I'm going to go beggar for sugar or something. <laughs> you have to look way down at my little shack or something. And uh, it's just obeying him really, really well, what your assignment is. It's not, nobody's better than anybody else. It's just obeying what he told you to do. But in that, this applies to all. That would be a people that are not void of the spirit nor denying the power thereof. And I just want to encourage you guys because religion can start to creep in and it comes with a close friend called the fear of man. They're like first cousins. And they, what are they going to think? Well, I don't know, you know, in, in leadership or maybe I'll lose people. How many church leaders do we have in here? Okay, awesome. Yep, so you get it. You get it. Um, church leaders, you, you know, you start to wonder what are the people going to think? And we may lose numbers and this, that, and the other. I'm telling you, it's far greater worth to lose the numbers. And then the quality that what the Lord brings you will, will bring way greater fullness and destiny than you ever saw. Jesus only needed 12. He didn't care about quantity a whole lot. Of course, he wants all men to be saved. But also, he cared about the quality thereof far greater. Far greater. The crowd started to get big behind Jesus because of the miracles, and he just cut them in half. He turns back to sift the crowd. He says, look, boys, you love what you see. But just want to lay it down clear for you now. This is Jesus that a lot of us don't like to hear about. But he says, you want to continue on my journey, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And we're like, what kind of cult is that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got to put yourself in their day. They don't know any like the stuff that we know. See, it's so cliche now. But he cut, it says the crowd got cut real thin then. Peter's like, you have the words to eternal life. We ain't going nowhere. I'll, do, I'll take up whatever cross there is, whatever cost there is. And um, I'm telling you, it would be a people now that just kind of recalibrate, lock up in a secret place like never before. Um, I just feel a fresh stirring, man, that it just first love and, uh, and raw power, man. He, he's wanting to just blow into the globe, I'm telling you. And, and there's got to be a yielded vessels for it. There really is. Uh, man, and uh, yeah, I just, I just to told my assistant, like June, and it, who knows, it may continue it, but just to, just clear the books in June. I'm still traveling, but, oh yeah, today's June. And, uh, but conference calls and things like this, because there's a lot of stuff behind doors, you know, ministry that a lot of you all don't see, and it's just busy, and it's kingdom, and it's good. But sometimes you feel that, that pull of the spirit, and he's just, he's really wanting to come upon a people, and I don't care if, you know, if just one or two of us in here it lands on, you can shift a city and a nation, really. Peter, one vision, rocked the Gentiles, one. And the Lord knew it. He's, he's on the rooftop, Acts chapter 10. says he's hungry and in prayer. Oh, I appreciate it. And uh, he falls into a trance, which is basically like a, a supernatural state the Spirit puts you in to move your soul aside. And then he goes into a vision. Uh, the origin for that word trance is ecstasy in Greek. Ecstasia. 
people are like, oh my goodness, watch out. You know, it's new age. And uh, thank you so much. Cornerstone loves that. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it's an ecstasy. It really is. It's, man, the new age for far too long has taken what was intended to originally be God's. And I'm like, no, sir. No, sir. This is ours. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Moses, the raw power of the supernatural and the spirit of God is always the dominant force in the globe. No close second place. The enemy always tries to mimic and, and come close to, you saw it with Moses, you know, right out of the gate, he's commissioned in the order of wonders, the supernatural, you know, a staff that would turn into a snake. That's crazy. I mean, a lot, we've heard the story so much in Sunday school. We think, uh, yeah, no, that's really kind of crazy. Like you throw a staff down and it turns into a snake. Let's be honest. A lot of us would be like witchcraft. <laughs> if we saw somebody do that on the street, <laughs> that's a cult. And he picks it up by the tail, bam, it's a staff again. Then, <laughs> hands into the cloak, out leprous, and out clean. And these are two wonders that God's voice speaks in. He says clearly, he says, look, if Pharaoh doesn't hear the voice in the first sign, he may hear it in the second. Signs and wonders have his voice embedded within them. There's great meaning behind them. We've got to be a people that are open to this. He's wanting to come. And he's a gentleman, though. If you aren't hungry, you, you notice the Bible says signs and wonders follow them that believe. So you ever found the people that are super logical and don't believe? Have you, do you see any supernatural following them? Exactly. And it's like it, which credi it builds credibility for how they already believe. And they just continue to walk in just super mundane, boring. You, you know, you love them and bless them. But we've got to be childlike and let the spirit flow. And just come, Lord, however you want to. I mean, this is the God we serve. He's really, really um, in a caliber of his own, obviously. We were just in Indiana, and they had some wild, like, gold nugget-looking things manifesting in the meetings. I know this is weird, some people out, but I don't care, man. You get to heaven and, and try and deal with it up there. Golden streets. This is the Bible we read. You and I, we adhere to. Just read it. Revelation, 12 gates, all made of a single pearl. That's wild. Pearl already, utmost elegance, but gates made out of a single pearl, 12 of them. Stones that the foundation of the city is on. Seven burning flames before the throne. Creatures with four heads. And those are very near the throne. So you, you see who God likes to, to be in his company? It's like we need to re-shift shift how we're thinking. You know, the form of godliness, but which is cool, but never denying the power. Say, come, Lord, in all your facets, your beauty, your glory, your mysteries. First Corinthians 4, 1, Paul says, we're to regard ourselves as servants of Christ, but also stewards of the mysteries of God. And uh, so we're up there in a, um, actually a Mennonite Amish area. Really cool. A lot of horse and buggies running around and uh, just last week, and I heard words since we've been there that the pastors totally, I think even changing the name of the church as God moved powerfully, spoke them because it was a Mennonite deal, which God loves them. But how many of you know God's trying to reach humanity? And sometimes the more you tunnel yourself in by title and, and design, you, 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 know, you kind of build walls up. You don't mean to. And that's why God's just blowing through denominations right now. That, those are really not holding much weight anymore. God bless them. We honor them. There's a lot of theological truths in all of them, but they're just not holding their weight anymore. You're seeing a merging together of the body of Christ. You'll know my disciples by this. They'll have love one for another. 
you're seeing pure love going in just crazy streams that are crossing over in such a beautiful way. And if we're honest, there's flaws in all the, the, the theological you know, foundations of some, some sort, the denominations. Um, it's funny, I'll be, I'm on planes a lot, and uh, I'll sit by different businessmen, even religious, whatever, all kinds of life. Uh, and normally I won't say what denomination, I'm not really a denomination, but even then they try and box you into non-denominational and then they have a preconceived idea of what you are, you know? And so I just say, I love Jesus and, you know, all my heart and I love the word of God and just follow him the best I can. And, uh, and they may say a denomination, which I love and honor. We've been with them all. I've been interviewed by Catholics, close friends with Baptists, man, the Baptists go after souls like nobody else. Love them. I love like Charles Stanley. I think he's Southern Baptist. I listen to his teaching, um, but just God can use us all. But in this hour, there's like a, a mix of the spirit of God that's just wanting to come and glorify Jesus like we've never seen before. And so, um, so we're in a Mennonite church since then. They even took, took the name off, I heard. But these gold-looking nuggets, it's crazy. I've seen gold dust and all kind of different things manifest. Uh, you know, Jesus says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a literal prayer. You know, and, and it's funny, my good friend Michael says, he goes, signs and wonders are super weird until they start happening to you. <laughs> then they, have you ever experienced those type of people? They're like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then it happens to them. And it's so undeniable. I've seen it too much now. I've seen it way too much now, along with the supernatural. Um, a good old Baptist friend of mine, real deep in the word. Um, you know, but obviously he, he and his state and his kind of slant wasn't into the supernatural gifts and healing and all this. But it was too late. I had already seen, you know, you can't, somebody that's seen deaf ears pop open by the name and power of the Spirit, you know, you can't tell them a certain scripture. It's not going to work. Because then the other verses that highlight it are crystal clear. And, um, but in these signs that God moves in, they're, they're pretty profound and he's moving in incredible ways. Brett, we were just in Atlanta uh, not long ago. And um, diamonds started showing up in the meetings. I know some of you may have been there. I know it's a little out there for some of you, but... Again, um, you just when the glory of God comes in, it gets pretty wild. And they've, we, we've seen them when they manifest. Um, people, they just show up. It's crazy. So I want to encourage if you start to see some around, you know, because they're signs. They're signs and wonders. And they speak of promises and a covenant that God's wanting to make. And I really sense that even here. I had no idea, but we're at a, a, a place that hosts weddings mostly. Did you all know that? banquets and, and Lynn was telling us even weddings are here and it's funny I was in the elevator this morning and uh, this sign on the elevator which normally I don't see them quite like this it just really arrested my spirit you ever had that where stuff just sticks out in an exponential way and it said um, today um, oh fr no from today to happily ever after and it was a married couple right there was a wedding something to do with the hotel but from today uh, to happily ever after. And I really feel like it was just a sign that there's going to be a shift uh, amongst many of us today as we're together. There's going to be covenants made, promises from God that are going to just catapult you to a whole other path of acceleration to, to happily ever after, a bridal type, deep, deep, intimate covenant the Lord's going to make. And I'm just telling you, a lot of times when we see that atmosphere hit, it, it signs follow it. And when we see it, man, it, these people, um, typically they'll take them to jewelers. And again, sorry if I'm weirding some of you guys out, but when you see the fruit, when the heaven hits the earth, 
It's undeniable. And never have we seen signs and wonders and be like, oh my goodness, the wonder is amazing. No, it's just Jesus is amazing. He's so real. Heaven's so much more real than the natural. It's eternal forever. This will come and fade away like grass. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ said, I feel glory, man. He said, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's super close. At hand is anything within grasp reach. So the kingdom of heaven is not some far off away place. It's at hand. In any given moment, you, you barely posture and lean in the right way like a key in a chamber. It'll unlock and he'll come in suddenly. In fact, you'll feel the presence of God healing in your bodies. We've seen it way too often. I'll never forget I was in Arizona and, and, and heaven shifted in on us. The presence of God. The Bible says the presence of God was there to heal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals today. You know, just, just being honest, I know a lot of us know that, but precious old man, about three rows back, had no clue. He had a, had a real messed up problem with his eyes. He would see three of everything. His wife was there to help him and all this. He, his eyesights were all messed up. But a big problem happened. Heaven came in. And guess how much eyesight problems are in heaven? Zero. Guess how much depression is in heaven? There is none. Any kind of sickness and form or fashion of, of disease is not there. So when Jesus prayed, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, when that world mixes, it's the dominant force. And that which is not there has to leave. So you could feel it, man. Heaven stepped in the room. All of a sudden, this old man, you know how older people, they're awesome. They just get away with whatever they want. They can be disrespectful and it's great. It's perfect. I love older people. They can say whatever they want, go wherever they want. You can't stop them. They just have this authority about them, this rank. And so he's about three rows back. I'm in the middle of my sermon, just like this. He goes, oh, my gosh, my eyes, my eyes, I'm healed. He starts yelling out in the meeting. The glory, nobody touched him. I don't encourage you guys. It, really, if you start to feel the presence of God, let him touch you. Healings in bodies. It's, it's so effortless when the glory of God comes. Because, oh my goodness, I can see straight. I can see I'm healed. And he's, he's super loud, interrupted the whole meeting, but it was beautiful. And then from that, faith sparked in the room. We started praying, other miracles were happening. You know, when heaven steps in, you just let God move. And so we come to find out that he would start to look at, like before the meeting, he'd come in and see like one person and see three of them. Or see one chair and there'd be three chairs. His eyesight was all messed up. And everything just instantly in the presence of God. Came back into the line, was totally healed. Nobody touched him. And so, um, you know, uh, but yes, but the, they'll take them to gemologists. And again, if it, but what's beautiful is God's Holy Spirit's a gentleman. No worries if some of this stuff weirds you out, he, you'll never see it. He's not going to, you know, manifest this stuff amongst you, and that's okay. But I do love the Spirit, not denying the power. His world, however that wants to look. And if you knew me and ran, me, ran with me for a little bit, you'd realize, like, I'm one of the most down-to-earth, very logical people. Like, not super real. Even in college, pre-Jesus days, I got born again at the age of 20. was way out there. Felonies, just a nutcase. And, um, but even in college, right before I got born again, we were assigned reading uh, assignments. And I'm like, I had to pick books. And so, even like nonfiction books that weren't real. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you, that didn't happen? Like, why would you read that? That's not a real story. I don't get, why am I going to waste hours of my time? You know, it's just the way I work. Now, some of you that like fiction, God bless you. I don't have a problem with it, but I'm just meaning I'm very real, you know? And I just got rocked by Jesus at the age of 20, fell madly in love with him. 
and you just forever more fall more in love with him. He, he is love. He is the definition. You don't have to go outside of that. He's everything, man. He, his voice and presence is so real. And uh, so I found myself just like, man, I had no idea. You know, he, he was no longer a Bible store. I grew up in church. He was alive and real. And uh, I began to spend time in the Word of God and His presence and worship Him and fast forward a long, long journey. And these things just started to happen. The supernatural, I didn't know anything about it. And I honestly had to figure a lot of it out. But how many of you know, if you run into the king, his domain comes with him. So the kingdom comes with Jesus. They're not separate. And so the deeper you get enveloped into the kingdom, the kingdom comes. And then you just start to, you either have to throw up the wall because you're uncomfortable with it. And he's okay. He's like, fine, if that's as far as you want to go, okay, I still love you. And when you get to the other side, you realize I had a lot more. Remember, Jesus said that at once in scripture. He said, oh, I have so much more I could tell you. May us never be there, man. Oh, may it not be so. And so, um, but anyway, so there's, there's wild things. I, I'll never remember when I first saw gold dust, which is a pretty common wonder. Not common. It's very uncommon and beautiful and glorious of how the Lord loves to do things. But I mean, we see it pretty frequently. I was in Bible college, Pensacola, Florida, up on the balcony. Brownsville Revival. The presence of God came in real strong. One of those windows where, oh man, I'm not watching the time. So sorry. Oh, we're good, I think. Okay. And uh, uh, one of those times where, you know, hours, Jesus, sorry, uh, where hours, let's say that was a wonder or something, um, where hours went by in, in minutes. You know where the glory is so rich? Uh, appreciate it, man. And I came out, I was, on, I was actually on an Indian style um, up there on the balcony. And uh, I come out, and the presence was so strong, and I just happened to look, and I had this shimmery gold substance all over my hands. And I don't do glittery stuff, like lotions, and I'm good. And uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, that's crazy. I said, oh, I know. This just to show you how, like, logical. And usually I'm way late with the supernatural. People wouldn't think it from, our, you know, what we see in the ministry and books I write, but I just want to encourage you. Like, I'm probably worse than, than you. I'm very, you know... Um, just, you know, sometimes late and the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, keep going. Nope, nope. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, but some of the most powerful witnesses are those that the Lord rocks in that manner and he can use, you know. Saul was that way. Knocked him off a donkey with a blinding light. And uh, he became, obviously, the most powerful, one of the most powerful apostles, two-thirds of the New Testament. Um, I remember we were in Montana and... Uh, the glory of God began to come in. I won't forget about the gold dust uh, part. And you could feel it. So we began to just yield to the presence of God. And I'll never forget up the aisle, about midway back was a precious man. I'd seen him and he was very uh, put together, you know, um, just not very manifest or shakalaka, like not at all. He's just in his seat, glasses in the pocket, like put together, not a spiritual guy, which I love. I think it's awesome. I'm very similar at times. And and, uh, but I saw him just barely yield in. He was hungry. And uh, how many of you know hunger is dangerous when the kingdom of God's around? The hungry shall be filled. I encourage you even now, just come Holy Spirit, touch me. Rock me today. I mean, shift me into eighth gear, even though there's not one in cars. I mean, take me, eighth's a new beginning. Just shift. Do what you do. I'll yield and obey. I don't care. 
Uh, let me get back to my hotel tonight. Rock me in a dream. I mean, transition, impartation. I don't care. Come, Holy Spirit. And uh, so he did that, and he began to just kind of barely put his hands up, and I saw him. And then all of a sudden, his countenance began to shift, and he was losing it. I could tell. And he starts doing this, and nobody's around. We didn't catchers, none of that. This is not a formal, planned-out deal. And all of a sudden, he just, boom, he went out under the power of God and just fell out in the aisle. You know, like that was, you know, you, you see some people that it's pretty common to manifest. I was like, no, I haven't just bum-rushed this guy. And uh, I'm praying for people at the end, um, uh, Whitefish, Montana, right up by the border of Canada. And he comes up blown away. Uh, he, he's trying to tell me, I'm praying for the crowd, I'm through the people. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. I was here, but I wasn't here. And he didn't have the lingo. He didn't know what a vision was. He goes, I was here, but I, I wasn't here. All of a sudden, I saw this gold pour out of heaven into my mouth. And then I got taken to Canada. And he began to, he even knew a lady he was ministering to and all this. And he had no idea the night before I released a prophetic word about the U.S. and Canada and a united outpouring. He wasn't even there. The residue from the word was still there. And a double rainbow manifest in the parking lot, atmospheric wonder that day. It was this whole crazy thing. But it's like the spirit just stiff-armed him. He goes into a vision, but he didn't know to call it that. He goes, I was here, but I wasn't here, and I saw this gold. And I go to, he's trying to tell me this whole story. Um, actually, I didn't get to finish hearing it because I was praying for the people. So he finds my friend that was running with me real close. And he corners him in the restroom. <laughs> my friend's like, this is awkward. And uh, he's, he's just so excited to tell him this. And uh, so we wanted to get the testimony on video to bless others. Because how many of you know encounters from God, they're alive. And sometimes you share them, and others can get taken into the same experience in a powerful way for destiny. And uh, he didn't want to. He shot away from the camera. He didn't want to because he was a local analyst in town. He would have been known as a, the local analyst in Whitefish, which I don't know if you know anything about analysts. They're very analytical. They're very heady. You know, they, they're not much deep into the spirit, but they think things through a lot. But sometimes if you're a little bit hungry, God can override all of that. You guys know what I'm talking about? And it's beautiful. I love when uh, that happens. We were uh, at an event. Um, I was signing books in the back, and a, and a man came up that I had seen the same sim similar scenario, and a uh, businessman. You could tell he was really put together there all week, um, not into the hands, lifting all that. And the meetings were crazy. There were our glory nights meetings, if you've ever been. They're just bombs going off. And he's in the aisle. Just He was there, but he just didn't get into all that. And I saw him, but thought it was awesome. I get it. And uh, but he comes back to the table. I'm signing books. He didn't even want a book signed. He had it, but he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't care about that. And he hands me his card. He says, look, I'm a, I want to tell you something. Hear me out first, but I'm a businessman. He's like a, owned a company, very well successful businessman. He goes, hear me out first. I've got to be honest with you. I read your book. I don't know which one it was, but about signs and wonders, the supernatural, the spirit, that we not deny the power of the spirit. You know, sometimes even hunger can trigger a fresh flow of these things I'm talking about. Just a fresh, like, oh, yeah, Lord, please let the Spirit flow through my life. I don't want to deny the power. Let me be such a channel and a conduit for your glory to flow through the earth. And in it, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ said, people will hate you because of me. You guys know. And sometimes if we're, if we're not careful, we want to please, you know, all the crowds. And it's just not going to happen. Not the kingdom we walk in. Paul says, if I was going to please man, I wouldn't please God. While yet you become like all things to all people to, that you might win them, you don't compromise or come off the spirit for any means. And uh, so the, um, 
the man comes up and he's like, look, I'm going to just tell you, I read your book and I went to bed arguing with God. A businessman. He says, there's no way, no way. Number one, no way this stuff happens. Number two, what for? Like he went to bed, like literally arguing with God because we see some really wild stuff. And I'm like, why did the Lord pick us to, you know, I don't know. Cause it was just, but you know, again, you can't pick your call. You know, I wanted to be like this evangelist because I went Brownsville Revival and I saw Steve Hill. You guys ever heard of Steve Hill, evangelist? Uh, and some, that's all I saw, so it's all I knew. And I want to encourage you, sometimes be open to drinking from different streams because sometimes you only know what you're drinking from because it's what you always drink and it's what you always do. But sometimes if you're careful enough to lean into the Holy Spirit, you'll feel him shift your gaze a little bit in different seasons to have you drinking from different streams that will really play a big part on your call and, and pull you into greater destiny. Does that make sense? And then they'll dry up and then there'll be other streams and follow that flow because he's doing something. He's, t- he's teaching you by the ways of the spirit and, and pulling you into, into momentum. But the prophetic, all this stuff, no grid for it at all. I grew up in a church, like I told you, non-denominational that had like the prophetic that I knew. Um, some of you have heard this before was like every Sunday, uh, this old lady with a bun, like at the most random times would just pop up and be like, shaka, hata, bata, bata. And I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> she'd like freak you out. Jump up, praying in tongues. And then the house prophet, which I'm sure he was, but he would pop up and he would like be telling us what God was saying through her tongues. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm good. Like, I don't want the prophetic. That's what I, I thought that was. And, and it is, those are definitely gifts in Corinthians. But just so you know, my journey, you know, I was thinking I'm good. When I would read the five photos, like prophets, nope, <laughs> prophetic, nope, strange, evangelist, souls, miracles, let's go for it. But, um, but if you love him well, he'll, he'll trick you along the way and, and he'll find a way to get you into your call. And actually it'll be the most fulfilling thing you ever did. Just to just flow with what, what he's called you into. So this man says, I went to bed arguing with God, read the whole book. And I was like, man, this no way. He's awakened in the middle of the night to his iPad, actually. We see crazy stuff with you know, electronics, and when the angels come around, it gets wild. And so um, you say, where is that in Scripture, though? But they didn't have iPads in the Bible. So, uh, But his iPad on his nightstand turns on supernaturally, and it's Randy Clark preaches an exact phrase to him. And then it shuts off, and he flipped out. He's like, okay, sorry, God, I'll never, I'll never doubt again. <laughs> So he comes all the way to this conference to tell me this. I was like, oh, praise God. You know, it's encouraging. But um, I'm up in the balcony, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. And I thought like this. I thought, oh, wow, my Bible must be cheap, man. The gold binding is coming off. I'm not kidding. I thought, man, I got to get a new Bible. That's horrible. I guess all the scriptures and whatever. So I get back to my apartment and uh, had nothing back in those days. You're those seasons where it's like, oh my goodness, me and my buddies in, in Bible college would take communion with Kool-Aid and pizza crust. And it was the good old days. You just have Jesus, a gallon of water, you know, you just go for it, study the word and Jesus touched me. I don't know. What are you called to do? Don't have a clue. <laughs> I don't even know, you know, and you, you know, you're just always learning. So I'm sitting there, I kid you not, my apartment licking my hands and I'm trying to pull the binding off to, to make sure it's the gold from the binding. And I couldn't get it off. I'd encourage you to try it sometimes. That stuff does not come off. They make them good. And that was like my introduction to some of these things. And I was like, no way. Another funny story was it was uh, the nights of the revival. They were like almost every night of the week. And um, they, they, the students' night, we would all be there. I'll make sure I'm not keeping you guys over. And uh, they would often, for the guests in town, people would come in all over the world this revival. It was really wild before social media. 
people waiting in lines and and uh they had the the students gather around in circles and pray for people that wanted prayer and so this one lady closest to me stands up she wants prayer so i said okay sweet i went to her i'm like just born again i mean I'm, i got saved at 20 i'm like 21 don't know anything still don't know a whole lot but <laughs> we just obey and follow and and so i lay my hands on her and we're all praying and I, I'm never kidding, I kid you not, this is what happened. I, I feel her getting hit by the power of God. I feel her shaking and stuff. And I'm literally, this is me. And I bet a lot of you would concur and agree how you just logically think this way. I'm thinking, man, who's, who else, what other students come up here, you know, with the power, man? Somebody's anointed, I'm thinking. And wham, she, I feel she falls out under the power. And I open my eyes, I'm looking, and it was, I just happened to be there. It was just me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, young, naive. And I, but I was thinking... But just to show you my journey, though, also I'm very like, you know, it, it doesn't always play in your favor. But, but also um, the God we serve, though, He's so loving, true, but He's wanting a people that He can flow through, and it's not really care, doesn't care anymore about pleasing man, and makes no bones about it. This is the God we serve, and honestly, at the very end of the day, very base foundation of man, they long for Him. I don't care where at ge geographically, they all long for the living God we serve. There's a void in all of mankind that is not filled till God is in it. And some, sad to say, it will never be filled. Many will. It'll be a great harvest. But just so you know, um, you know, I remember we were um, in El Salvador. Uh, Brett was with me, and there was a, a real dangerous gang we, we were ministering with. I won't say their names. And, uh, but we were back in their colony. And it was, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, our guards, so we're in El Salvador the whole week. We got guards with M16s, full of automatics. We're already in a dangerous area, as I'm getting at. Prisons, orphans, widows, we just go for it, the gospel. And this gang, they're, they're known um, in the area, opened up to us, their colony. And uh, we're heading there. I've got a team of like 40 gringos. We're all from the U.S. and different parts of the U.S. You know, and I'm, the enemy's loud thinking, yeah, this would make headlines. Bridal Glory enters a gang colony. They come out dead, all of them, you know, or whatever, because we, we just knew we had to be hearing the Lord. We're a mile out from the colony. I see our guards paid, governmental guards. They pulled off. They want them to go back there. Is that, is that wild? So we pull off. We're in a huge, like, fancy Greyhound bus. I'm like, we look like dollar signs. And uh, we pull in. You remember that first turn we made? You see their logos spray painted all over the colony, and they come out, and they have their fully automatics, banana clips, dressed in camo, some of them, and they let you know like you're in our world now. And I'm like, Jesus, help us. Either make us, make them blind, and, you know, or give, you know, give us their heart or something. And uh, one of them hops on the, on the uh, bus, street name was Snow, something like that. They, you don't get to their real names. And we couldn't take videos, no cameras, nothing back there. These guys are, are the real deal, very organized, earpieces, watching blocks. And they're not just like holding down blocks for drugs. These guys are organized crime. And, uh, but we go back there, and I'm just reminded of this because you could still tell a hardened crime people, that they wouldn't even sit down in the meetings. we try to give them our chairs. They let their wives and children come in, but they would all guard back by the doors and talk about hard to preach to. You get no emotion, nothing. But I figured we're back here. Let's go for it, man. Preach a simple message. They need Jesus. Pray for the sick. Uh, team members were having words of knowledge. One of his, their backs got healed. It was powerful. And um, I remember uh, when I would speak through, and not, not just my interpreter, they'd whip out their iPhones. They were videoing me. I was like, that's a little strange. That feels fishy. <laughs> you know? I later found out, though, they, they show their head leaders because they check you out. And if you're connected to 
anybody in the government that, yeah, they, so they're, they're very organized. But I thought, sweet, the message will get to their leaders. And, uh, but right in the middle, we hear them. They're in their earpieces by the doors, and they start saying, uh, pedos, pedos, or whatever dogs is in Spanish. Does anybody speak Spanish in here? Uh, what, what is dog? Pero, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. And uh, you hear them say that over, and then they just took off running into the woods. You remember that? And we're thinking, oh, snap. You know, lead's about to start flying, bullets. And uh, so I kid you not, I'm in here with our whole team, and I'm literally on the front row waiting for them to get back, and I'm looking on the concrete where I can lay flat in case bullets start flying. This is how I'm thinking. And, uh, but we remained calm, and they came back. And apparently what they do is they set up guard dogs in the woods, and if anybody other than their, their gang comes through, the dogs alarm them and start barking, whether it be the law enforcement or their opposing gangs. And so the dogs went off, and that's what alarmed them. But they came back, and nevertheless, same story. And it was, it was a powerful time. Now the, the whole gang in Central America opened up to us uh, from that time. They really got blessed and ministered to. But my whole point is, is you could still tell there's a void in all of mankind, no matter where you travel the earth, that needs God. In the authentic, full Jesus that we serve. In the way that Jesus said, be a witness. I mean, the main seal stamp that Jesus says, look, if you're going to witness for me and represent me, it's in this manner. That power will come from on high, saturate you and flow through you. Don't deny the power. Don't solely run off of, of a form of godliness. You know, I don't care what your religious background ground is or denomination take it with you but nevertheless jesus you could tell his final commissioned words were let power this is to be my witnesses let power be upon you you guys tracking with me and so um that we'd be a people that yield in this way and uh however that looks personally because everybody's further along in the journey and at different spots but may the lord touch us in in such a fresh powerful way